You're listening to the Sound Atlas. Hey, welcome back to another episode. I'm your exciting host with the most, Captain Dean, and my guest is the former host with the most, Mr. Tommy Starr. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm fantastic. We are in the infamous, very uh, historic in my point of view, being that I've grown up in this town. Mm-hmm. We are in the D93 studios. Yes. Which is we are. WDNS, which started in, what, 1973? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this radio station was very important to me growing up. But we are in the actual control room. This, where is, this is called the booth. We're in the actual booth. We're in the FM actual booth. FM booth that is uh, the DJs legendary. are and yes. play music. And, yeah, this is when you come for an interview, you come into this room. This yes. is the actual and FM booth. I grew up listening to several radio stations uh, as a kid, some out of Nashville, but D- D98 mm-hmm. was a big part of my life, and I grew up listening to Brian Locke and Daryl and uh, all the different people that have been up here over the years, mm-hmm. and then uh, I met you mm-hmm. and got to know Brian later in life, and it's just... It's weird. It's like a trip because to me, you guys are famous. As well, a kid, of course, radio DJs are you know Wolfman Jack and Johnny well, Fever. That's a. I that's don't a think big we're deal. quite Wolfman Jack, but uh, thank you very much. That's very kind. On a local level, I yeah, would say so. M- maybe so, and I appreciate that. Thank you. But that's how I looked at it as a growing up uh, aspiring musician, mm-hmm. wanting to be on MTV and be on the radio. It was a big deal to get to come up here and and be on the radio and and see the studio and it's like this is where the magic happens it really is and so yeah. it, it was cool to be up here to witness all that <laughs> yeah well uh that seat you're actually sitting in has been here since 1923 and that's <laughs> actually the seat that just about anybody that's everybody and everybody that's anybody that started on d93 as far as bands set in that chair yes this when is, i interviewed them we are in the booth like you said you're yeah. over by the control desk area uh-huh. i am in the chair where most of the all the the guests for the most part sit. Right. and in the mornings as we're speaking lately dr bob sits in this chair that's right that's his chair so i'm sitting in dr bob's chair right now he's okay with it though i'm pretty sure <laughs> Well, Tommy, we are here to celebrate 100 episodes of The Sound Atlas. That's crazy. You and I both have been hosts of this, but we are going to start off by mentioning Mr. Russell Brooks, yep. who is the founder of the uh, the podcast and then had the grand idea of starting this podcast. Mm-hmm. And of course, his goal was to go out and capture stories of artists and musicians or bands of the music scene. Yep. And that was the whole point of this podcast. It was based on the local Bowling Green music scene. And I thought it was a great idea, and you did too. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will discuss real quick, uh, Russell interviewed a whopping 16, or I'm sorry, he interviewed 15 people. Okay. So Russell started off the Sound Atlas, Mm -hmm. and he interviewed J.D. Minor Jarvis from Tidballs, Jared McKinney, Chris Carmichael, John Treadway, Clay Powell, Michael Farmer, Frank, who's a character, and I know who Frank is, and I'm okay. not going to give it away. Uh, don't do it. Uh, Chris Rutledge and Tommy Starr. You were episode 10. That's right. I was one of the original Atlas. 10. So what was it like to go to Yellowberry and interview with Russell on this new idea of what he was doing? Well, I'll give you the full story about how all that came about. Do you want that? Sure. You want the full story? That's why I'm here. Okay. 
so somehow, somewhere, an episode or two popped up, probably the first episode, and I saw, I was like, hey, what's this? Yeah, I did and, the same thing. Yeah, and I was, I was like, like, somebody shared it on Facebook. I think I caught episode two. And I was like, I can't it was one of the I was first. Like, what is this? That's yeah. cool. Local yeah. podcast, music podcast. Yeah. So I listened to it and I was like, well, this is kind of cool. So uh, either after the first or the second, somewhere around in there, I sent Russell a message on, on Facebook and said, hey, man, I really dig what you're doing. I think this is really cool. You know, keep it up. Yep. And then he got back, hey, would you be interested <laughs> in being one of the guests? And I was like, well, sure. And. <laughs> He said, well, I'll get in touch with you. And so, I don't know, a month later or something, uh, he got back with me and said, uh, hey, can you come in and let's do it? And I said, yeah, okay. And so we went in and we did the interview one morning, went down to the Yellowberry Studio there when it was on... Uh, it was on State Street. That's right. Right, right off the square. Well, they had the, the cool sign out front that changed colors. I love that sign. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we just went in and we sat and chit-chatted for about, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. And that was that. And uh, I'll keep this going since I'm, I'm rolling here. Uh, I guess it was a couple of months later. Well, a month or a month or two later or something like that. I noticed that he had stopped doing it. Yeah, it it, it went off. I think episodes kind of started. And then in April of 2018, they just kind of stopped. Something like that. I don't remember. But, but I mean, you know, you've looked at all. So you, you're yeah. kind of refreshed. Yeah. But I'm just kind of going from memory here. But uh, I noticed it kind of stopped, and I was like, huh, I wonder what's going on. Maybe he's done. I don't know. Well, you, and then, you like I said, you were episode 10, mm-hmm. and then there were six more after that. Yeah. And uh, it ended with episode 16 because J.D. Minor, who was the first person to be interviewed, mm-hmm. episode one, he actually is close with Russell and said, hey, how about you do one? I'll interview you. Mm-hmm. So J.D. Minor actually interviewed Russell Brooks for episode 16. Yeah. And then it stopped. Yeah. So he sent me a – I was actually at uh, the first Rockin' the Dam a couple of years ago. Oh, Beaver Dam. Beaver Dam. Yep. And I get a text message or some kind of message on my phone, and it's from him. Yeah. Going, hey, man, what do you <laughs> think about you – doing the show and i was like what are you talking about what, yeah. what about you be the host and you're like i already have a radio show i and already I, do a local show well i was like well it sounds kind of cool i've never done a podcast before right uh so i said well let me get let me get with you monday yeah you know, or come by monday and we'll talk about it yeah. so we'll crunch some numbers yeah that was like saturday <laughs> so you know a couple days later monday he came by and we sit he sat right there where you're sitting the, the infamous yeah. blue that's right chair, yes. put that in a museum uh, stains and all and uh he oh, said oh there's some, some, yeah, there. there's some nasty stuff there but we sprayed it a couple uh, of times i think fuck. you're safe yeah but uh anyway so uh he kind of explained hey man you know i just i think it'd be cool if some other people did it and i thought of you and you know would you like to do it and we discussed the interviews and all and he said well i don't care what you do do whatever you want to do you right. just every week you send me one or whatever and i said okay and then he said that he like the next next one that he was planning to do was with you. Yes. And I said, well, why don't I just start it with Dean since you've already kind of lined it up? Right. And he said, okay. So I yeah, because I heard you. from him in April, mm-hmm. and then in August you contacted me and yeah. said, I'm taking over the podcast, yeah. and you're you're the first guest. Yeah. And I was like, great. Yeah. Where are we going? Yeah. And, and I met you up here at D93. That's right. But we were back in the production area. That's right. Not in the main booth. We room. were back there in the production room where, there, of course, all the mics right. and the But you had like a really that. cool setup. You were able to 
Russell used the Yellowberry little studio that he had. Yeah, well, he, he had like he a was small kinda, recorder. It was kind of like this. He had mics set up. And but he, he had like an actual room, like a, a little room for like, you when, could soundproof and when record I did in there. It, when I did it, I just did it in his office. Oh, you did? I just sat down in a chair and he set a mic up in front okay, of me. Okay, I got you. Asked I know questions. that there was a room off to the side of that office. Yeah. There was like a little tiny room. Yeah. Maybe for soundproof purposes maybe some because i know he's recorded like friends and stuff because he did commercials and shit yeah yeah so i know that maybe that room was made for like being able to shut the door and not have the dogs barking and no we had the dogs running in hanging out with us and everything i loved it (laughs) that's cool but uh we sat there in his office and he just put a mic stand right there at the chair and uh we just sat there and talked for 30 45 minutes and there you go and it was great because I've known you for years. We all know you as Tommy on the radio. But to get to know you, to know your story, to get your your childhood, your growing up, your your backstory of just life in general. But he he was really good. Of course, the point of this whole thing, he had interviewed all these musicians leading up to you. Mm-hmm. Even though I know that you are musically inclined, but you're not ever on stage and in a band, but you're involved as a fan, <laughs> hardcore fan, absolutely, and a hardcore devoted lo- loyal local music. Fan. I'm dedicated to the local music scene. Right. I am not a musician, but there are other ways I can help with uh, on air promoting shows, right. having guests in, et cetera, et cetera. And that's it, it why you were included in his mind. Mm-hmm. You're part of the music scene. Absolutely. So it made perfect sense to interview you. And I loved the, that was when it kind of clicked for me of listening to all these other episodes. I knew John Treadway. Mm-hmm. We grew up together. I've yeah. known him since junior high. So I knew some of his story. Yeah. But, like, I didn't know anything about Chris Rutledge other than he's the guy in the cartoons. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know much about, you know, uh, Clay Powell and the guys from Fatbox and stuff. Sure. There was a lot of great stories to come from these people, but yours was really detailed on childhood and fandom, Mm -hmm. the discovery of Kiss and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I loved the most about your story was when you came here you you went on that revolution to finish up the schooling aspect of like radio and stuff well i went to school there i mean when i started in radio i started with their broadcasting you did yeah, yeah. i mean i wanted it when i was younger and of course this is in a little bit of this is already in the other episode right but uh episode I wa- 10 yeah but i wanted <laughs> i wanted to be in radio and it was kind of like a maybe i can do that and then i moved from arkansas to bowling green right and uh, looked into going to Western, and when I was looking to go into Western, I saw that they had a broadcasting yeah. program. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, wait a minute. There's that whole, I thought about maybe being a DJ. Yeah. Well, maybe I can, because they got a broadcasting program. Right. And so that's what happened. I got into the broadcasting program there. But again, episode 10, for anyone listening, can go back and hear this. Sure. Um, a lot of new people have come on board with this thing over time absolutely with each great. interview i've noticed that i think it becomes more and more out or, or more popular perhaps because yeah. of each episode there's a new person hearing mm-hmm. hey my friend did this podcast and holy shit look at how many local musicians they've interviewed if you get we on the website need to get, if you get on the it. website it's massive yeah i mean at this point we're talking about 100 so yeah. that's 100 episodes yeah dedicated to local music and not only it's not necessarily singling out one individual Mm -hmm. you're getting one individual story about them and their background 
in music and this music scene, but then you're learning about the bands, the bands they've been in, the That's bands right. we're in now, and how it all branches out and connects to the clubs and yeah. other bands and other musicians. Of course, it's venue, people from the venues have done them, of course. It's a gigantic, you know, just massive yep. tree of like a musical family. That's right. And like I said, it takes a village. It really does. Yeah. And it goes to show what uh, Russell started, I think, mm-hmm. was a really cool I love thing it. that we're still doing right now as yeah. we speak. And I hope it goes on when you I really do, too. As of right now, knock on the infamous wood here, <laughs> yeah. uh, nobody's been named. Yeah. I think he's had some people con- contact him, but I can't really go into detail about that. And yeah. hopefully by the time this airs, yeah. that's resolved. Well, and that'll be his, that's his line. decision. This is all totally. is, belongs to him. So, yes, yeah. it, is, it is Russell's. That's right. We are just... <laughs> enjoying it <laughs> well i mean we're a part of it but i mean yeah. it's his creation right yeah um but i loved getting your story just as much as anyone else's because it really started to the light bulb went off for me of there's this is much bigger mm-hmm. than any of us have ever really put in perspective. yeah think. some people have little pockets of friends and bands hang out together but they're not all friends of course. It's starting to change, I think. And this podcast has helped. There's a lot of bridges being built, I think, of people and bands and fans and connections of all sorts have really branched out because people are listening to stories and they're learning more about people. And they're learning sure. more and more about this music scene and the history of it. There's, a, there's a, a phenomenal history. history. And that's yeah. what I really have gotten out of it. Um, but anyway, to finish up Russell's involvement of the beginning era of episode uh, 10, which was you, uh, Mark Beagle, uh, Mellow Matt Pfefferkorn followed that, Marty Clark, uh, Cindy Darson, Eric Curtis had a shared episode. Cindy needs to do one all herself. I've nothing always nothing said that. against and her. And Eric does too. Exactly. I was going to say that too. Nothing against either one of them, but. Uh, I think they both have they enough were, that they should both. My understanding own. is they were both at Yellowberry at the same time, yeah. and it just made sense to interview them as a pairing. Sure. I mean, not, I mean but I, it's a good episode. You can do whatever you want to. You can interview yeah. one, two, three, four, five, a yep. whole band at one time, whatever you want. Exactly. Uh, after that episode was John Tidball. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Jarvis and John from Tidball's was a pivotal interview to get. I think sure. that was a very important interview to get. And I loved hearing both of their stories as well. Russell Brooks was interviewed by JD Minor for episode sixteen and that was the end <laughs> of Russell's uh quote unquote so far moment. Yeah, I think he's gonna do some more. He mentioned it. That's good. He he knows obviously he can. Mm-hmm. I just think he's kinda let you and, and then I just run the ship, you know yeah, and yeah. He didn't have to do anything. He right. just he uploads the episodes. Well, he does the, know the passwords to upload everything, so that's he has very access important. To the Facebook page, he really does hold the key. So Russell <laughs> was on. Russell interviewed the first fifteen people. JD Miner interviewed Russell. That was leading up to episode sixteen. You take over mm-hmm. and um, start at episode seventeen, which was me. That's right, and. Um, it was really cool because I was glad to be on it, and it was your first time to tape an episode. That's right. And uh, we were here at D93 Studios. In production. On College Street. Mm-hmm. 804 College Street. <laughs> Can't pick up your prizes after 5 o'clock. Hell no, the door's locked. Um, and that was a really cool experience, I think, because 
I was comfortable immediately because I'd known you for a while, mm-hmm. and I'd been on the radio with you so much, it felt like that. So it was really nothing different except I could say fuck yeah. and shit yeah. and whatever the hell I wanted yeah. to say. And yeah. that was nice. Yeah. You didn't feel yeah. like you were constricted to well, speech. And it's also, I think it's nice when people are interested in you and interested in your story. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And it felt good. It felt good to tell the story and to be a part of yeah. something that was still in the beginning stages. Yeah. And this was now entering, in my terms, like season two. Mm-hmm. You you were season two of the Sound Atlas. <laughs> and so you started, you interviewed me, I want to say, in August of 2018. Yeah, because I mean, I did, uh, I did it you did August, few, September, October, November, starts, December. I did it for five months. He uploads every Monday yeah. is a new episode. Yeah. And as long as there's an episode to be uploaded, there's always been a new episode yep. every Monday. That's right. And that has literally been the way it's been, except for one exception, and I will get to that later. But you started off with episode 17 featuring me. Mm-hmm. And then you went on to interview so many people, and I'm going to go through this really quick. You interviewed uh, Jay Spade. That's right. Uh, Jeremy. The number in- one uh, DJ, uh, wit, 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 <laughs> DJ in Bowling Green. You interviewed John Fox, Jim Madison, yep. Scott Willis, mm-hmm. which was a pivotal one for me. Uh, I, I tried to get friends and people was, I thought were interesting. That was a big one for me. Yeah. I really enjoyed hearing Scott's story. You interviewed Boone Froggett. You interviewed Vincent Lang- Langdon. Mm-hmm. I always pronounce his name wrong. Yep. Uh, Johnny Thompson, another mm-hmm. big pivotal one. Yeah. Uh, T.J. Lyle, Greg Martin, of course. Yep. Mega. T.J. Lyle, uh, of course, he's not from this area. No, he's the Georgia Thunderbolts. Georgia Thunderbolts, but uh, they have they were up in the area a lot at that time, working on their album with yes. Barrick. And there's and, involvement locally. Yeah, Richard is involved with yeah. them, and so that's why I pulled them in because they were new, they were young, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be cool to get them right up front. I agree. Yeah. I thought it was a good interview, yeah. too. And it was nice to kind of let him know, hey, we don't care where you're from. You're here now. Yeah, that's you're, the way you, I kind of look at it. Come, you've come into this scene from you're an part outside of our source. Scene. You're right. part of our scene. Yeah, now. that's the way I look at it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you interviewed Olivia Franks, which was a big one also mm-hmm. for me. Olivia is the drummer for the band Blood Curse, yeah. which is very underground, but extraordinarily heavy metal they're a great band and uh, her and her husband uh, Aaron, Aaron are both really good uh, people yeah uh, they don't play Bowling Green very much I'm hoping that they will you know do that a little more often mm-hmm. but uh, they're great folks they got a great band Blood Curse I love Welcome Blood on. Curse and I love that record they made mm-hmm. and and I have that record and I ran into Aaron recently mm-hmm. I saw both of them but I talked to Aaron because I, Olivia was talking to somebody but we ran into each other at a show, and I just I wear their shirt a lot, and yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a really yeah. big fan of, and supporter of them. And well, I, you know they love it and they appreciate it. I, they're just they're really cool. And Olivia, yeah. as a drummer and 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 uh, a heavy metal drummer, mm-hmm. she's fantastic. But then on the side, she also runs a fanzine. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's still doing it, but she was doing. She it. was it with the time. She was when her. we were doing the interview. Yeah. I know she's just extremely involved in that yeah. world. The, the, the she world is about of, the most metal female yeah. I've ever met. Well, maybe the most metal, metal person, person. <laughs> possibly human. Yeah, yeah. She's she's awesome. We love Olivia. She is very cool. Yeah, you interviewed she, uh, after her Carrie Pruitt. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal local Bowling Green music scene. Way to history. chain it down. 
And then episode 29, you interviewed Tammy Wilson. That's right. And the, Tammy's no longer with us. Mm-mm. And the most wonderful thing I can say about that episode is I'm thankful you got that. Mm-hmm. Beyond thankful. Well, now that she's no longer with us. But you interviewed her. And it wasn't about a month after that interview took place that she got test results back that mm-hmm. she had cancer. Yeah. And that is when everything was turned upside down and her life slowly deteriorated until she had passed away in September of 2019. Yeah. I just saw her daughter the other day. Her daughter mm-hmm. seems to be doing that, really well. Yeah. She's doing yeah. great. That's good. And I'm really proud of... Uh, her daughter being as strong as she is she's got a great family and mm-hmm. support system and all of us in the community yeah. that knew tammy are, are there watching over willow and i'm just wanted to personally say thank you for getting her up here to capture that interview because you captured tammy the way that we all remember her mm-hmm. before she's in the hospital before there wasn't much hope mm-hmm. you know things were very dark yeah and to hear that interview now is kind of the last time mm-hmm. that we really got to hear her in that state of life's good. Yeah. I love going out and seeing the bands. I love I love the music scene. Yep. And to hear that, happy go that, lucky. That, that tone in her voice yep. changed and just disappeared after that well, interview. Yeah. So thank you for capturing that. And I'm really glad that she agreed to do it. Well, the, the deal is, is when I started doing that. It's hard to get that, some people to do it. I thought... You know, I want to do local music, but I don't want it to be just musicians, yeah. and I I don't want it to be guy, 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 guy. Right. Because sadly, we don't have a lot of, of uh, ladies out there That's that true. are performing. But I was like, I want to get the ladies involved because we need to hear from everyone. And so I thought, I want to talk to musicians, but not just guys. I want to right. talk to the ladies as well. And I don't want to talk to just musicians. I want to talk to club owners. And I thought, who else? Well, what about fans? Yeah. And I thought... Who is the fan, That's the fan of the local music scene? And that is Tammy. If you were to sum up the Bowling Green music scene fandom, mm-hmm. Tammy Wilson. Absolutely. I mean, she's ten times you know top of the list. Absolutely. People would refer to her as the queen of the music scene. That I call her the queen of the local music well, scene. Yeah. But uh, either way, either it way, matter. I mean, that's we all yeah. knew what the sentiment she was. Is and, there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. And I'm thankful that she did it because a lot of us, it meant a lot, especially after she had passed away. You played, you replayed her Sound Atlas episode on the home cooking. That's right. And see, that's another reason for that. that People should get involved because not only is it, it's an honor. Well, I mean, that, that does play a part of it, but not only because people are actually interested in you, genuinely interested in your story, right. but someday that will be really nice to have. Yes. Not just for historical purposes, but, for example, what well, you're talking about Tammy. Because we did that, we really got to sit down and talk to her and get her story, right. got to hear about her. Yeah, her actual life. Right. I mean, she talked about cool. growing up. and Yeah. Her brother being a music fan That's and right. her being a music fan. I mean, you got to know her. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you turn that switch off and go, well, let me tell you about all the bands around here I love. Yeah. So it is kind of, you, you got two different things in that. Yeah. The personal side mm-hmm. and the music fan side. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was beautiful. It could not have been 
a more beautiful interview. It was well, perfect. I mean, I'm glad we got her because she was an absolute sweetheart, yeah. and I'm glad that we did that. And then I'm glad that her daughter has because I gave her right. a copy, yeah, so she can have that. So if she ever wants to go back and listen to it, right, which I'm sure she will from time to time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, while we're on that topic, is the fact that Russell started this as if it is a it's a Polaroid of right now. You're capturing a picture of this moment in the music scene. That's right. So yeah, here we are in the year 2020 as of now. Mm-hmm. These episodes started airing in 2018. But it's a Polaroid of now. I'm in this band. We're doing this. We're working on this. And then you get a backstory on that person as That's well. Right. But then fast forward five, ten years from now, if as long as the website's still up and running, this is a time capsule. Yeah. You're 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 capturing something in the moment, but you're also capturing people's voices and mm-hmm. stories and it, it literally is a time capsule. Let me, you let me ask you this, because this popped in my head when you uh, mentioned that, like 10 years from now you said that. Yeah. Uh, do you have all of yours? Do you have copies of all of your interviews? No. I do. I have copies of all of my interviews, the original interview so I can't and do the that. edited. I'm not an ed- yeah. I wasn't able to do that. I have, I have everything for what... Being in radio, I have what I call the raw interview, which is exactly how it happened. Right, and then I have the air interview, which See, is I didn't, what I clean. I didn't up and edit play. any of these. Yeah, I never edited any. Of, there well, were a few there that were a I couple, would pause. There were a couple of instances where some some things happened that really <laughs> I had to edit them. You know, when somebody says, "Look, I got to go take a shit," you really don't want that and say, "Okay, we're just going to yeah, let this run go. for twenty minutes," and you wonder. Well, you hear background sounds. I think they're making a sandwich. So you know, there's they were there making a instances where uh, you don't really want that to be in there. So well, we won't, like, we won't I never say had who that said happen, that, but, but someone actually did say that to me. Yeah, we we know who that is, though. <laughs> but think, we won't say. I think it's. I will get to that. <laughs> As far as you know. Uh, well, but, uh, mo- moving on. Uh, that's from, kind of a bummer that you yeah. don't have it. You know, you, they're downloadable. I send, I send them to Russell, and he uploads them to the website. Yeah. So as far as I'm, to me, they're they're on the website. Yeah, but if the website, it's good to have backup copies. That's the well, thing. Well, I mean, I'll leave that to him. <laughs> if it's on his master board, yeah. you know, well, hopefully he's got it. Okay. Well, moving on from Tammy Wilson, who was episode 29, you interviewed Jared England, mm-hmm. Matt Simone, Trevor Smith of Kids. Kiss Bang, Greg Ed. Did you mention uh, Jim Madison? Yeah. Okay. I don't know you we... interviewed Jim Madison yeah. after John Fox, which yeah, would have been right. episode twenty. Yeah. There's a lot. Those are a lot of fun interviews in there. A lot of yep. funny stuff. Yeah. Uh, Greg Edwards was yep. another big one. And you know, let me tell you a story about that because he came in uh, a couple of weeks after his episode aired. Uh-huh. And he said a girl contacted him that heard that. She really? did not know him. She heard that, wanted to get to know him, and they started dating because of that episode. And uh, I think they've actually had a child. I don't think they're going out anymore. But they actually, So he blames all that on me. Wow. <laughs> You're a shitty matchmaker. <laughs> well, for a minute it worked out pretty good. I don't know. I don't know. They may still be together. I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like Greg, he told just, me. Just that, remember uh, the good times. Yeah. It, we'll always remember the good times. Yeah. <laughs> After Greg Ed, you interviewed Philip Goodman. Mm-hmm. Is it good? Oh, Goodwin. Yeah. Good Philip, of course, a guitar player for uh, Blind Locomotive. Blind Locomotive. Yeah. Uh, you interviewed Robert Baxter, uh, which was cool because Robert's, Robert's been at the Spillway for a long time. Yep. He's put on an amazing uh, plethora of 
shows yep. ever since he's been in operation of the spillway. That's right. Uh, obviously, Robert's mother has been, whether anyone has ever admitted it or not, uh, Debbie's really involved in the music scene. Debbie's great. Behind the scenes. She's great. She's fantastic. Yeah. And don't piss her off. Don't piss her <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, she's always been wonderful to me. She's been, but an she's been in various clubs over the years. Yeah. So she knows good music. She knows what she likes. Yeah. And she's always been good about booking bands and the venues that she worked mm-hmm. at. But uh, she's been at the Spillway as a yeah. fixture for a long time. Yeah. And I know the Kiefer name goes back mm-hmm. in the music scene quite a bit. Uh, I guess in the music world of just the club the venues the bars mm-hmm. is that right you know uh, i wouldn't know because really i only go back to uh the early 2000s but okay. of course when i was going to college and all i really wasn't involved in local music scene right. at all and you told that in your, yeah. your story too which made sense after yeah. a while. i mean i went to like three shows in like six years right because i just wasn't into it <laughs> which is weird well you know. i was into just straight metal all the time and then it's when i went to memphis and got involved with the local scene down right. there I work with saliva yep. and dust for life. And then I was like, "How cool!" Yeah, is these it are local at- bands. Yeah, like how cool. But is obviously, it to get Memphis involved? is a big right. metropolitan city that's spawned the rock and roll history itself. Yeah, I mean, there's a so. lot of bands that didn't go anywhere that were happening when I was down there. Uh, Sammy's Good Eye was mm-hmm. a band, as in Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy's Good Eye. That was gotcha. look that band up. They had some great stuff. There was a band <laughs> called the Internationals. Uh, they were great, you know, just all kinds of good stuff. Bad Apple was a good band, uh, but none of the none of those bands really went very far. But I still have their CDs, and every once in a while, I still listen to them because they're just fucking great. Yeah, they're good stuff. Fucking great, man. Yeah, yeah, good shit. To feel good to stand in the booth and say fucking shit. It's like going into your grandma's house on. when you walk over the threshold. You <laughs> know is. to turn it off. Yeah, so it's I know, very much like that. I know these mics aren't on, so I'm cool. But if that's what radio on, has always been know. to me. When I walk into a radio station, yeah. I've always felt like I'm at my parents and yeah. I need to not cuss. Well, yeah, because I mean, uh, <laughs> it's happened a few times with some guests. Of course, and I get instant dagger funny. eyes. No, nah, it's not funny at all. No, it ain't funny at all. It's not funny FCC, at all. yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to mess with those guys. Uh, after Robert Baxter, you interviewed Finner Kastner. Finner, great dude. Excellent drummer. Yeah. Fixture of the local music scene. That's right. Another legend in this music scene that has a great story to tell. Dresses up like Darth Vader sometimes. Yes, he does. <laughs> and loves Batman. That's right. Loves Keith Moon. He's probably dressed up like Finner Batman. is a phenomenal drummer. I grew up admiring Finner. He's a phenomenal human being. He, he really is. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. Our daughters actually go to high school together. Cool. So that's been nice. Uh, Finner and Greg Ed were mm-hmm. two interviews that meant the world to me. Greg's a, a I grew great up drummer. Admiring their drumming, yeah, and to hear their stories and to just get to know them more on a personal level mm-hmm. meant a lot to me. I like the fact so that he still has very first drumstick. Yes, he does. <laughs> I think that's great. He's a collector. Yeah, he, he's smart. He's always yeah. been smart about collecting yeah. stuff. Uh, you interviewed Jamie Resch, which was a great Resch like fresh, Resch yeah. like fresh. <laughs> Jamie is doing some incredible yeah. things right now. And she's uh, she had a bit of a lull there, but it seems like she's back at it. She's full back tilt. as we're and taping this. She's been doing some really good, super stuff. talented. As we are taping this, just recently she performed with the Lost River Sessions a couple of nights ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I I'm in awe of her music. I mean, it's great. She's very talented. And then your final episode, so to speak, during your time. <laughs> Uh-huh. aired in december 
It was actually New Year's Eve. That's right. The final episode aired New Year's Eve of December of 2018. Yep. And it was Richard Young of the Kentucky Headhunters. That so you interviewed Greg Martin and Richard Young. Yeah, let's see. There was some stuff with uh, Richard that I could not play on the air. <laughs> you said that was a long interview. Well, I mean, you know, there's just, just some editing. So, well, there were some things we were talking about, like business wise, and right. then you know, we I just can't. He didn't know that it, yeah. the mic was on, <laughs> and on. so I'm like, you know, there's there's this people don't need to know headhunter business. No, or, that's true. Yeah, so uh, I told him I said, oh, don't worry about that. I'll fix yep. that. Yeah, but we're gonna jump ahead real quick <laughs> on something. Okay, you finished up. So you started at episode 17 with me mm-hmm. as your first guest. You ended with episode 38 with Richard Young of the Kentucky Headhunters. Uh-huh. But you came back and did a brief... Uh, brought me back. Brought back because you interviewed your dear friend, mm-hmm. Ed Fred. Well, the deal with that is is that when I was originally doing the show, uh, he had moved to California. Yes, he had moved to California, yeah. so he was not here yeah, I wanted to, interview to do him. the interview. Yeah, I thought this is perfect because he's just done so much stuff. Right. Locally uh, speaking, he has done... Fountain Square Centers yeah. and the Creatures, which yeah. was more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed had a story to tell, even though he's a transplant. He's from Detroit. Yeah, he had a great story to tell of his time and involvement in the Bowling Green music scene, sure. which is actually pretty long. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, he's been involved with music pretty much his entire life, and he's been in lots of bands in right. Detroit. Then, of course, when he moved down here. I mean, he's one of the few bands that play Digglers. Yeah, you know, that's and true. That's kind of cool. That was, of course, Jim Madison's yep. uh, club. Very short stint, like a year, venue. year and a half, something like yeah, that. About yeah, about two years. Give or he two. and I were talking the other day about that. I said, "Did you ever do any T-shirts or stickers?" He said, "Yeah, we did both, and I've probably got some somewhere. I'm going to be looking for those now." I said, "Oh, Jim, yeah, that'd be cool." So that's another thing. I guess we'll talk about on the air is that I think someone should do more local, should get involved with local T-shirts. Like somebody I know oh. did one for Uncle Sam's. Who could do such a How thing? How cool would it be if somebody did Diggler's T-shirts? Man, and, uh, I know. And, well, the uh, fact all that Jim the cool prints T-shirts, are, maybe Jim yeah. could I think there's like a, a small fortune could be made, <laughs> like a backdoor uh, print shop somewhere. There's been a few Uncle Sam's T-shirts <laughs> that have been purchased. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I'm not saying you could buy a new house, but I think... I think there's there's a market out there. You could buy a happy meal yeah, with that. I think some people would be interested in some <laughs> like some cool places that used to be or that aren't anymore <laughs> and have a shirt on that. No, yeah. you're right because didn't you have the T-shirt of headquarters? Uh, well, someone gave someone that. Someone gave uh, that. Uh, one of the uh, girls that works here, Sheila. Uh, was she, that an authentic or yeah, a reprint? She, no, no. She had that. No shit. She was telling me about it one day, and she said, you can have it if you want it. Fuck. And uh, she gave it to me. Okay, I yeah. need that. So That's I can fine. get a good photo of it, and then I'll just yeah. I would take off the for. I would take off the part that says nothing against Western, but just make it generic. Yeah, it does say yeah, welcome just, back just Western the logo. Well, that's what it was. It was a special welcome back Western oh. shirt. But I mean, just the logo. Or if you can find somebody that's got a bag, like because I've I've seen one of the bags before. They're like really kind of fancy right. with the logo on it. I don't think it's the same kind of logo, but the, you know the text is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. But I'm telling you, man. That's People cool. would dig some of that stuff, some T-shirts uh, us, and stickers. Us local guys would yeah. adore it. Now, a yeah. guy from Wisconsin wouldn't give a shit. No, no, no. That, that's what I'm saying. It's just yeah. local. Just you know, you make like. 
15 the or cool 20. The cool local section. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you can even give it a little name like uh, so-and-so's little so-and-so shop. <laughs> what, well, this month we're doing this shirt. Or every three months we do one shirt. Right, right. Yeah, it's Or like just custom order. Like, here's yeah. the shit we have. Yeah. Custom order. That's right. And it's $25. Exactly. I know that you could do it less I've, than that. I've but been it, very kind to people. You need to make a couple of bucks because it takes, yeah. Anyway, okay, but it's get, not just me. Back on um, you entered. You ended your <laughs> run with Richard Young at episode thirty-eight. You interviewed Ed Fred later on. Yes, as I was doing it, and mm-hmm. you asked me if it was fine, and I was like, oh, "Of course, it's fine. I'd rather you do it anyway." Well, I suggested you interview him, and you said, "Well, you actually you know, know him better. Him better Why don't you?" And I do? thought, and I said, you, "Yeah, okay." You could probably get a better yeah. interview out of him, yeah. and you were able to with your awesome fancy. Technical <laughs> shit up here. You inserted actual songs and shit. Well, I, I, I want to do something in. different. I said, all I the thought other that ones, was great, and I, I, you know. I would have loved this whole time if I could have done that. Yeah, but a lot of people would ahead of time. But can I perform? And she, I was like, this isn't the radio. I'm just interviewing you. Yeah, I don't want you to fucking sing and dance. <laughs> I don't. That's what we're promoting. Yeah, is like tell your story, and then people will come see this. Yeah. But don't fucking do it yeah. here. I don't have what I need to do that, you know. Say, <laughs> so look, we're, we we know you can sing. We've seen you. But we want to know if you like city yeah. ham or country yeah, ham. Yeah, just talk. But uh, Richard <laughs> Young ended with your run. Like I said, you did episode 17 through 38. And then you did Ed Fred as a one-off. Uh-huh. And that was episode number 80. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> I took over after you because Russell... And you, or you told Russell, I'll do it up to a certain point. Yeah. So you you ended your time in December yeah. of 2018. And immediately you said, I would like to do that. You, and so well, I, I came told up him, here one day and was talking to you. I know you, somebody already said, that hey, wants to do it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. And you were like, hey, are, yeah. would you really be interested in doing this? I'll mention it to Russell and we'll go from there. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So I had to find a way to do this because <laughs> Russell had Yellowberry access. Yep. You had D93 access. Uh-huh. D93 access. Uh-huh. I always want to say 98. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Stick we know it in what. your ear. That's right. Um, and I was like, well, I need to figure out how I'm going to do this because you all were – you had a base. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't want people coming to my fucking house. <laughs> and uh, Unless you they, really knew them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I did interview several people in my house. Yeah. And I knew them. Yeah. And um, that was okay. But you come but up, came up with a cool way know. to do the portable interview. Which yes, what we do is I have, a, I have a small console that can plug in two to four microphones. It's a very small mixing board. And I plug it out into an iRig plug into my iPhone. There you go. And I use the voice app. That every single episode I've done has been recorded on my my phone. It sounds great. I guess so. Yeah. It sounds good enough to listen to in earbuds. You know. Well, so it's, you know. But I found a way to do it. Folks that talking. The first thing I had to do was I have to find a way to do this. Yeah, you were like, how the and hell so am I going to do I, this? When I figured out what to do, I was like, oh my god, that's fucking awesome! And my first interview was done at Spencer's Coffee House. Mm-hmm. And then I did one at M- Mellow Matt's. I did several at Mellow Matt's, obviously. I did a lot at Spencer's Coffee. And I was I was mobile. I was yeah. on the move. So I recorded one episode at Tidball's, mm-hmm. which I'll focus on in a minute. I recorded at Rib Liquors in Glasgow. Nice. I went to Glasgow and recorded Wade England's episode in his recording studio in his basement. Nice. Which is where Gear recorded their mm-hmm. record and... He's Sixth done a floor? lot of other stuff, yeah. yeah. 
So there was. What's a, it called? Pirate something. Oh, the electric pirate. The electric pirate. Yeah, yeah studio. But I was on. I was able to be mobile. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I decided was I can't go to Krispy Kreme. I can't go into a chain like Starbucks because to me mm-hmm. that would defeat the point. Did you try to do that? Well, no, I just, just thought I, okay. I probably could yeah. if I wanted to. Yeah. But my initial thought was I'm not going to do that. I'm talking about local music. I'm interviewing local music people and mm-hmm. history. I'm going local on yeah. this. So that's why mm-hmm. I stuck to the local businesses. Well, let me ask you something about that. Did you get like a free coffee at Spencer's to Never. give him all the love? Never. Have you got any free records from Matt from giving him all the love? I have stolen so many cassette <laughs> tapes out of my case when I leave. No, I've, I've literally did it out of love. Uh, and cool. it was nice for everybody, I think, if they wanted it or not, yeah. you know, I would plug where I'm at. I'm, yeah. Hey, I'm on location at Spencer's yeah. Coffee, and, yeah. and I'm having a mocha, and I, I've got my guests here. And, and you just kind of go from there. So I just really enjoyed the mobile aspect. Yep. It's cool. Cool. But that's how I started. And I began with episode 39. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting because you had finished, and in order for my episodes to start rolling in january of 2019 mm-hmm. they had to be taped in 2018 yeah you had so to get i started going. recording yeah. episodes in uh early december of 2018 in order for the i needed at least four or five in order to be ahead of the game mm-hmm. and that was the fucking trick to this whole thing my, I always had to make sure I had anywhere between three and six episodes in my phone at all times throughout the entire time I've done this. Uh-huh. Because I never wanted to send Russell an episode and be like, that's all I got. Uh-huh. And so I'm hoping I have a new one for you next week. Mm-hmm. And I, I got close one time, but luckily it never happened. <laughs> I never missed an episode. <laughs> so I started with episode 39. I'm going to go real quick. I interviewed Tyrone Dunn, Josh Hines, Colonel Ian Harper, Johnny Walker, Cody Meek, Seth Sprouse, uh, Bratcher, and uh, <laughs> I can't read this. Oh, my God. Mary oh, Frankie, Frankie Froge. Okay. Uh, Wade England, Clayton Crowder, Malcolm Warren, Todd Hogan, Sven Dugongia. Mm-hmm. This is another fun thing about this is I've learned how to spell names. Yeah. Uh, Jason Simpson, Sis, who is also Sarah Marie West, uh-huh. Shelby Smith, Kenzie Crow, Seth Wade, Wet-Eyed Liars. I interviewed Josh and Melissa mm-hmm. at the same time, which was my first dual yep. or double interview. Uh-huh. And that was cool to get their individual stories and the Wet-Eyed Liars history of the band. Yep. I interviewed Rod Davis, Chick Falcon, John King was the one I was being tormented with getting <laughs> And I got it. Yeah. John King was episode 60. So I was off to the races pretty quick by going from episode 39 to 60. Yeah. I interviewed Nathan Fielder, which I took a cue off of you on that because Nathan is a guitar repair, like luthier. Mm-hmm. And he runs a shop here called Fielder's Choice Guitars. And he's a fan. He's a fan of the music scene. So just like your Tammy Wilson episode, I got someone that's musically involved in the scene, but not on stage. Right. He goes to shows. He's uh, become he's one of, of the it. most like big 
guitar like all the people including myself have gone to him yeah. to take their guitar you know guitars or basses and say yeah. this needs work he's the guy jimmy lewis probably a good one too jimmy lewis would be a great one but i yeah. don't i never really approached him on. yeah yeah and then after nathan fielder's episode i come to cody glass mm-hmm. and just like you with tammy wilson did not see this coming mm-hmm. well I interviewed Cody Glass. He was episode number 62, and that was the only episode I taped at Tidballs. Wow. Yeah. It was during Live on the Lot. Yep. And we were in the back room where the pool table is, and it was really hard to hear. Mm -hmm. It was loud. If you listen to the episode, it's very loud. He's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I interviewed Cody, and of course, that was a a while before, Mm -hmm. but his episode was taped in April, and he tragically was killed in um was it june or july a few months later a few months later but Mm -hmm. it was like his episode aired right before he passed away Mm -hmm. and in honor of cody's passing russell re-aired his episode oh nice so instead of missing an episode or having an episode instead just running the mill yeah he actually replayed it so, so cody was episode number 62 yeah. but i think he he also fell in line with like what would have been episode 65 or 6 or something like that yeah um so kind of like with your situation with interviewing tammy tragic terrible loss in this music scene just a wonderful person mm-hmm. and i too feel like you did with her as i'm i'm honored and proud that i got his story Mm -hmm. because he's no longer here that's right and about the time that cody had passed away we had started losing so many people in this music scene there was a minute there where things were just popping and it was crazy and not a good way and dylan from um dan luke and the raid had passed away tragically Mm -hmm. we lost uh, uh billy swayze and these are stories and people that are gone and unfortunately didn't get captured and did, i mean did you, you try to get billy billy was on my list oh was he yeah yeah he I really was to, and i, I know he was billy on russell's list too yeah last time i saw billy before he passed away was probably a year year and a half before that down in nashville uh he was with dan luke and the raid they mm-hmm. were at uh 12th and porter yeah opening up for uh juliet lewis oh wow and uh after the show we were outside talking and he said a bunch of he said a lot of nice things about listening to me and stuff like that right. which was really nice and but that's the last time that i talked to him and wow. then it was like a year and a half later when he passed away yeah. yeah yeah and of course i was at his funeral and that was very rough yeah it was yeah very rough yeah those wonderful people and we've lost so many people in this music scene but we yeah. really took a punch and uh cody glass was a dear friend of mine and uh i captured his episode and the band the wolf island cosmonauts released their first ep god it's good too and they did a show at tidballs Mm -hmm. on friday night they had a cd release party on friday night and he was killed on sunday morning i mean it it happened that fast yeah and um that episode meant so much 
to so many people, including his family and his bandmates. Of course. And it was just like it's sad, but it's also in a way I'm I'm I was honored that I got that mm-hmm. because of course you don't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Well, well, but no. when it when it comes at you, the best way I can describe it, which I don't know if you felt the same way as the fact that you interviewed Tammy or not, is you're just thankful mm-hmm. that you knew them. And that you got their story. Well, I mean, not only that, but it's it's it just hits you in the guts, right? Because she was such a sweetheart, and she was young. Right. And of course, I knew that you know her you know, her daughter, and instantly when that happens, you start. Oh, it, she's going really through all that. Thinking puts it about in her bigger family. perspective, though, and I think that yeah. was that's when it really hit me mm-hmm. because Cody had passed away months before Tammy did, mm-hmm. but they all they both passed away in 2019, and it really made this podcast instantly became a much bigger thing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, than just uh, again, cap- talking people, music and bullshitting people should, with people. Uh, they should appreciate the fact that someone's interested in talking to them. They should be interested in telling their story, mm-hmm. uh, not only because, hey, how cool is that? Somebody wants to know about... Not just what I do on stage, but my personal life and where I came from and how I got into all this. But it's cool to learn uh, not only the differences, but the similarities we have yeah, with one another. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's the beautiful really cool. thing about what this right. whole podcast became for me personally. Mm-hmm. As a fan, I was already getting into that. But now as a host, it's mm-hmm. like I've gotten to know people on a much more personal level. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to just feel uh more in tune with the history of our town mm-hmm. and uh it, it was just to lose both of them and have these episodes to be able to pull up and hear their voice on a good day absolutely you know i'm, yeah. I'm talking about music i'm, I'm yeah. talking to someone I, I like hanging out and this is this was a happy moment for and them. And hearing them be enthusiastic right about, yeah and so cody glass is episode 62 and I highly recommend anyone to please pull that up and listen back to it. Uh, after Cody's episode, I interviewed Kai Rogers. A wonderful story. I have to pause on him, too, because Kai Rogers is not from Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. He moved to Bowling Green because he was a fan of the music that was coming from this town. Really? He has an incredible story to tell. Mm-hmm. So Kai Rogers of the band The Rift, mm-hmm. episode 63 highly recommend listening to that episode what's his band that he moved here for was there one in particular he, he was a big fan of cage the elephant but then he also discovered sleeper agent both of those bands started right there in that chair you're sitting yes in. they did i don't know who didn't start <laughs> in this chair well sixth floor didn't start in that chair but they started, they started with me. revolution yeah. they started with me at the college station <laughs> exactly but kai rogers is a super great guy mm-hmm. and to capture his story at such a young age like he's in his early 20s yeah to me that's another big moment as you're capturing someone in the early years of their career mm-hmm. there's no telling what this guy's going to do yeah so i hope when his case five ten fifteen years from now yeah. i hope the sound atlas of kai rogers is looked upon as a worthy thing oh sure you that's know, very a, cool the beginning of his sound you know his career uh after kai rogers was summer graves awesome singer of people proof i love that band they put out a phenomenal ep and i highly recommend that i got to interview allison stafford 
of No Deceit, which is another She's great, another sweetheart, very talented. Talent. That's a great band. Uh, Josh Thurman, after her. Mm-hmm. Jaron Mudd, who's the drummer of No Deceit. He was a huge fan of the Sound Atlas. <laughs> he was like, man, I'd really like to do that. And I was like, well, okay, do it. Come on. And that's the thing. I don't think either you or I forced anyone to do this. We would no. ask, hey, said, you I'm do hosting this, this podcast. Yeah. Are you interested in doing yeah. it? Yes or no? Yeah. And I kind of got to the point after a, a little bit into it. It's kind of a three strikes and you're out thing for me. It's like uh, I just ask once, and if they said yes, we did it. If they said no, I just let it go. Yep. And uh, I didn't have. I mean, I had. I didn't have a lot of trouble like getting people in. You know, once they said okay, yeah, getting them in was not a, a big deal because I was like, look, here's where I am. You pick the day, right. but it has to be. You know, after so and so time, right? And so there were times where I would have three or four a week, and they would all always be at the exact same time, meet me at the exact same spot, right? Same spot you met me tonight, <laughs> and I would Secret uh, spot. we would go back there and we would record everything. Yeah, yep, yeah. But I just I learned kind of because you warned me about yeah. that coming in. You're like, people are going to show interest, and then they're not going to pull the trigger. Right. And come well, I mean, that's and, how everyone is about everything. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, I get it too yeah. because. It might not look as appealing to some as to others. And again, I still don't really understand that because why would you not be interested in telling your story? I, I learned real quick that some people are uncomfortable about it, well, and I, I had mean, to if tell you've some done of, something. Was, you should. Like, I'm not. I'm not really into but... talking about myself, and I was like, it's not about you, really. Yeah. I'm interviewing you, and you're the focal point. But I want to hear about the bands you've been in. Yeah. Talk about the people you've worked with. You're the beacon. You're the connector. But it's not tell me everything about you, 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 you. I, I just, I don't, I never encourage that. I'm interested in knowing a little bit about the person. I mean, the band well, and yeah. whatever they're, whatever they're doing music-wise, their uh, connection to the local music scene is the main yeah. topic there. But of course. I'm also, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, other things, you know. Yeah. But sometimes we went there, sometimes we didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's just a conversation captured on tape. <laughs> and I would say, is there somewhere you don't want me to go? And if they would tell That's me, how I started every episode. then I wouldn't go there. I did that. And if they were like, whatever, man, then we went. And then also told them, if I go somewhere you don't want to go, no, I get let it. me know I can take before it out. I rolled, before I'd push the button, I would say, the first thing I would ask yeah. them, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Because yeah. if you're committed, you know, if you've been locked up and have mm-hmm. crimes and you know shit yeah we, we don't, we don't, we don't want to talk, talk about that but i would always tell them <laughs> i'm here i'm here to talk about music mm-hmm. and your place in it yeah and that was it and yeah. i think once you get that in their mind they yeah. would get comfortable and if you have cool records how can i get you to yeah. give them to me <laughs> yeah that was another thing that's too. a big yeah. thing yeah <laughs> Uh, well, after Jaron Mudd, I interviewed Dave Allen. Dave Allen was the record holder until now. Uh-huh. Not now as in now, but it, his record has been broken. You Dave mean the Allen, length of his interview? Dave Allen was a three-hour and ten-minute interview. Yeah, that's a very long interview. He's a he's a wonderful man, and he yeah. had a lot of cool things to yeah. say, and he had a long story to tell. Yeah. And that's the f- difference of interviewing someone that was born in the 50s and someone that was born in 2001 because that would determine how long the interview would be. And that's kind of how I did it. If someone uh, had been around for a while, 
I was looking at somewhere around an hour, hour and 15. That's yep. kind of how I did it. Yep. And then if they hadn't been around for a while, I would kind of keep it somewhere between 30 and 45 right. because I didn't want people to lose interest. I always tried to hit 45 minutes just yeah. because the podcast itself is kind of like an audio book. Yeah. You put it in, you go for a drive, you put it in, you go for a walk. Yeah. It's one of those kind of deals, yeah. and that's how I approached it. I thought the longer the better. Yeah. And Dave was like, fuck yeah, let's talk. Apparently, the girls say him. that's not necessarily true. Absolutely love him. Say. He is a wonderful bass player. He's a wonder. He's a pivotal person in this music scene. Uh-huh. And I'm with you on that one. Uh, after Dave Allen, I interviewed Corey Link, who is my fellow bandmate now. And I'm, I he's love troublemaker. That man. He's a he's wonderful troublemaker. He, he, he's a lovely He's guy. a real pain in the ass. <laughs> he thinks you hate him. No, absolutely not. I was I'm, kidding. No, I love that little guy. I know. His wife's a sweetheart, too. They're good people. They're good people. Damn good people. Damn good people. Now, that other guy you got in the band, he's trouble. Well, he's coming up. <laughs> uh, Corey Link is a dear friend now. and I, It's so funny how we're in a band together now, and we've crossed paths all these years, never met each other. Yeah. Knew Jim Madison this whole time. Yeah. I've known Jim Madison since I was 15. Yeah. I was like, all those years I was at looking for a drummer, you <laughs> never once thought to say, hey, you should meet Corey. Uh, I interviewed Mellow Matt. Matt had a part two because Russell interviewed Matt. Matt was originally episode 12 of the Sound Atlas. I interviewed Mellow Matt for a second time to have a longer episode on more of his history. And we dove deep on his days at Record Bar and music scene, local bands and all that stuff. It was Mm -hmm. great. And I really... Uh, the fact that he let me use his store so much for free, <laughs> yeah. I was like, please let me interview you on your actual store property. Uh-huh. And uh, I really enjoyed that. Matt, Matt's a great guy, and I've known him for so long, and I was really proud to get more more of his story, and that was really cool. Uh, I interviewed Garrick Patrick, kind of an unknown to me at the time. He's in a band called Young Romantics, great bass player. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really cool. That was one of the few that I interviewed that I didn't really know. Yeah. And, of course, you get to know him right then and there in the conversation. I think it helps if you know him. Now I'm a huge fan of this band. They're a phenomenal band. And he's a super great guy, and I really enjoyed that interview. I interviewed Dr. Tom and the Mini-Me's, which are his sons. (laughs) And that was a great episode Uh to get the whole band, but to get Tom's story. He had a great story about music. Yeah. So check that one out. Seth Wilson, who is the troublemaker, troublemaker, uh, also bandmate of mine, uh, dear friend, and uh, I was glad to interview both of my bandmates as we are in a band. Because when I, oh, by the way, when I started doing the Sound Atlas, I was not in a band. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because the band's still somewhat new. You guys aren't even a year old, are you? I recorded my first episode of the Sound Atlas, and the very next day, Mm -hmm. El Astronauta, what would become El Astronauta, had their first band practice. Yeah. 2019 was a good year for you. It was a very good year. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Comrade Contra, great interview of Solar Disco Force. Ed Husiak phenomenal bass player of mundane nation andrew hopper of uh, kiss kiss bang uh-huh. lucas mcpherson julie milam another non-music performer mm-hmm. but musically inclined musically 
extraordinarily knowledgeable. I just sent someone to her uh, yesterday. And she's obviously the host on uh, WNKY, NBC, CBS 40. Mm -hmm. She hosts the show that used to be called um, The Scene, Mm -hmm. and now it is Marquee Backstage. Mm -hmm. And when I interviewed Julie, it was on the the property of WNKY Television Studios, which was great. Oh, you went over to their... I was in the studio, just like we are here with D93 with you, which is great to me, because Mm -hmm. I'm capturing stories of important people in this music scene Mm -hmm. in their, like comfort zone at at their <laughs> office you know and i thought that was kind of cool yeah julie's done great stuff and i've always said that between the radio we and the press we've always had great things in this town mm-hmm. in our music scene but julie took it up a couple of notches with television mm-hmm. not only featuring bands shortly on the scene but now it's a full-blown episode yeah that airs right before saturday night live it's online it's all over the place yeah they've actually got multiple points that you can tune in and see this and affiliates on other stations across the country have picked it up hopefully some of those bands they've featured will go on and do that's her goal do something she's yeah. doing great work and yeah. just like you and and so many people in this town behind the scenes off stage mm-hmm. uh, i look to you the same as i look to jarvis and and john and robert and so many people that we musicians owe so much thanks to and julie milam to capture her story which was phenomenal mm-hmm and her involvement of growing up with Roy Orbison and Johnny Cash is <laughs> fucking amazing. Uh, James Catalan was a great episode. And uh, he had a great story to tell. He's been involved in the Bowling Green scene for many years. And a uh, really cool story. And I'm really glad I captured that. And that was episode 79. So inter- here comes the insert of Tommy Starr's <laughs> return with Ed Fred, which was episode 80. Yep. And then he moved back. From California. You moved back and you got the story. Yeah. And it was uploaded to episode 80 of the Sound Atlas. And I'm glad you did that. Mm-hmm. Because, I, again, here's another guy I kind of knew. Mm-hmm. Ed and I did jam a little bit for a while and tried to do something. I didn't know his backstory. Yeah. I didn't know his personal life. I didn't know anything about his bands when he was in his early years. Yeah. I just heard stories, and so to get detailed stories was great. He showed up in an evil Knievel jacket with no shirt on (laughs) and uh, carrying a large beer can. And that, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, is Ed Fred. He's the best. He's good people. Great dude. Yeah, I love it. After Ed Fred's episode with you, came back to more with me. I interviewed Brandon Taylor, Chip Kingry, Mm -hmm. which I was very proud to get that one. Uh, I interviewed Cash Wilson. I interviewed Leo the Rapper which was great. Mm-hmm. Those are two awesome episodes. Aaron Ashelman. Do you know Aaron? Uh, Porch Lord? I don't think so, no. He's a super great dude. Yeah. Uh, Eric Self, another kind of on and off stage guitarist and owns a guitar shop called He's all, a good all guy. Things guitar. He's a super great guy. Because of him, I've gone to California many times. Oh, do you go for the guitar shows? Nam. You go for Nam. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been like three or four times so eric it was the pass for you yeah, exactly oh that's great yeah i didn't realize He's, that uh, the little walter amps there's a well i didn't have anything to do with the amps but just all things guitar yeah okay yeah but yeah big thank you to him for that because he's great he's done he's that. a super great he's guy. pretty much told me anytime i want to go he'll work it out hell yeah yeah 
He's a good guy. He's he good is a very good dude. And I was glad to get that story. He He's got a, some very cool ZZ Top story. collectibles from the early, early, does super really? early days. Yes, he does. He's a good dude. Yeah. When they when they started filming the uh, ZZ Top documentary a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, I contacted those guys and put them in contact with him about some of these early, early ZZ Top items that he has. <laughs> I don't know if they interviewed him or anything, but I did kind of put that together. I like that. Hopefully they did. I would hope so. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, let's see. After Eric Self, I interviewed Robert Ray, mm-hmm. which I was thrilled to get his story. Incredible music story. Come from this area, but then went off into the military and was the gone Navy. for a long time. Yep. Came back and was in Slander, one of your, your butt. favorite bands with uh, John Fox. Love Slander. Good band. Great band and just a super great guy. He is currently involved in a lot of things. Uh, most notably, he's in a band called High Fidelity, mm-hmm. playing bass. But he yeah. also runs sound and operates the stage live shows at Rib Liquor. Yeah. So he's one of a few. Yep. But I think he's kind of one of the mainer, main people involved with it. Mainer. Yeah. Uh, I finally got another big one that was being bugged for me. I got after Robert Ray's episode was Ricky Hodge. Uh-huh. That was big. <laughs> and I mean... From the beginning of my time of taking over as host, I had multiple names thrown at me. And John King and Ricky Hodge were two big ones, and mm-hmm. I, I got Ricky to sit down. Ricky went through a lot with the loss of Cody Glass. Mm-hmm. I gave him time to obviously grieve and, and do what he needed to do. And when he was ready, he was ready. And he came to me and said, I'm ready. Yeah. And it was a good time, and I'm really thankful I got his story. I got Tanner Elias to sit down and talk with me, another wonderful musician and involved in the print mafia world. That's he right. grew up with the son of Connie and That's right. Stacy, but also was a little rug rat around Jim Madison <laughs> and the print mafia era. That was great. I was so glad to get that story. And then 2020 kicked. That was 2019. Yep. That was a wrap. And then 2020 kicks off with Nick Stewart, with a, a lot of people know him as Stewie. Mm-hmm. A phenomenal, great musician all around, most notably bass player of Chest Rockwell, mm-hmm. Peter the Freshman, now and Frontman. now lead vocalist of By Hargum. That's right. And they just are played the other night. fantastic. I got Andy Morgan to sit down and talk to me, another alumni of Revolution 91.7, mm-hmm. another local radio oh, guy. Oh, Andy was at the the college station? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. 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 He was another Revolution alumni just like you. Yeah. Huge involved fan in the music scene. Yeah. He can play, but he doesn't. Yeah. Um, told a great story on that, so check that out. Uh, I Oh, let's see. Of, oh, uh, Kale Knight. I got Kale Knight to sit down and talk. Yeah. And that was great. And uh, I was really, really proud of that one because he's such a good dude. And uh, Eli Whitaker, yep. who has got an incredible back growing up in the Glasgow area. Sure. His connection with uh, Andrew from Otis and, and John Fred from So Black much Stone stuff Terry. happening in Glasgow and yeah. has been for years. And I covered a lot of Glasgow people. Yeah. I know you talked to several too. And yeah. I loved getting that connecting story factor mm-hmm. of that area. And that brings us to today. Uh, we're on the verge. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was the beginning of 2020. Yeah. And uh, Jim DeCesare, Matt DeVore, another big name that was hounded and it took me 
almost the entire year of hosting it to get Matt to sit down. Jim DeCesare is in political. Jim DeCesare, huge Kiss fan, Jim DeCesare. Jim DeCesare, amazing drummer and has played in several local bands. Have you already talked to him? Yeah. Yeah. Did he mention Kiss? He loves Kiss. I'm pretty sure he did. He's a huge Kiss fan. I've slept since then, but I'm pretty sure he said something about it. Big Kiss fan. (laughs) Uh, Matt DeVore was a big one to get and i'm really glad that matt sat down and, and did his interview and uh matt's doing great things as a, a teacher mm-hmm. and he uh invited me to meet him at his uh studio as of today that is over off of 31w yep. called the the strum seller that's right and, and we sat down in the his little and room yeah he's he's doing great stuff and matt devore again another big giant of this music scene that had play with everybody incredible story to tell on all the bands he's been with so thankful i got that interview steve jewel jr you interviewed boone froggett right. i got steve jewel jr yeah. i was very proud of that uh jake fiddler and Shane Johnson mm-hmm. of the wonderful Dead Broke Barons yep. and many other bands he's done got him. And that led up to episode 99, Richard Adams. <laughs> Whew, that's Cloud a lot ruler. of people, man. That's a lot of people, but that leads us to where we are today, which is episode 100. Man. That's a recap. Yeah, so they need to go check that out, thesoundatlas.com. Yes. Any of those names interest you and you have not checked them out, thesoundatlas.com. Check them out. Yes. Just push the play button and there they are. And you get 10% off on Tuesday. As far as you know. <laughs> yeah. Tommy, before we wrap this up, which I know we just kind of babbled on the entire history of it, mm-hmm. do you have anything to do? Do you need to No, go, no. Do you need to go take a shit? Nope, I do not. <laughs> I am good to go, brother. Who... Who escaped your grasp that you really wanted to interview but didn't get to? Uh, there were a few, and I don't know that they would want their names said. But you had a few. There were a few that I asked to do it. Me too. And declined to do it. Me too. And I really wish they would have done it because <laughs> I think they would have had a a good story to a tell. A sparkling good time. Yeah. And a couple of them I was surprised that they said no because I was like, I've never I really asked you for anything, hmm. and I've done everything for you. So if there was Just a couple, like that Sammy Hagar. There were a couple of those where I was like, "Well, this is interesting," mm-hmm. you know. But hey, some people just aren't into it. You know? When you did this during your stint, I mean, you did give Russell like a, a time frame. Like, I'll I'll do that, but I'm only going to do it to. Well, I, not at first. It took me a little bit. Then I decided I would go to the end of the year. Okay. And, of course, you were already kind of saying, I'd like to do it. You, you know, primed me. It. Huh? By by talking to me, I guess, helped you a little bit with the decision. Of, well, you you were very anxious to do I, it. I was just yeah ready. Yeah. I, I, I was actually, in a way, kind of like, well, maybe we can tag team it. Yeah. Maybe you can do some, and maybe I can <laughs> I do some, and that would double the power sure. I mean, of all the fine, episodes. Sure. But- the when ed fred's episode was done and inserted in between all of these ones that i'd done that was kind of what i had envisioned is like maybe you can do some and i can do some and russell can just pick from the the amount that is uploaded and just throw them up there but you were actually like no i'm just gonna do it for a little bit and then run now what had happened that point is your afternoon rock show on d93 had home cooking Involved home cooking had a the, the home cooking segment. It was a segment, very it, short. Yeah, like you would get bands to come up minutes. here and yeah. be featured, and you would play a few local right. songs. That was during the afternoon mm-hmm. rock show, yeah. 
and then that kind of came to an end that did come to an end so you went back to doing the sunday night local show and so by ending your sound atlas it took one less thing off of your plate for you to be able to do that well i mean it was never any big deal to do those interviews for the sound atlas i mean it was it was easy you know true but you and i both agree and you warned me about it going into it you're gonna you're gonna talk to people that seem interested and then when it comes down to scheduling and times and places and meeting and all that stuff which in your case was easy uh i ran into that real quick Well, sometimes people just can't pull the trigger they're like yeah i'm interested but 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 right uh there were a couple that you interviewed that i had actually talked to and they didn't were kind of interested yeah but then they never really because i didn't hound them i said look if you're interested let's do this right they said i'm kind of interested i said okay well let me know and then a few i never heard from right and so i was like well i guess they're not interested and again nobody has to do if you don't want to no, do it, i didn't fine. i didn't force anyone to yeah. do it i never forced an episode yeah. now i was smart about watching a few of them like John King, for instance, is a great example. Yeah. John lives in Morgantown. I and on not purpose even... did not ask John. And the reason for that right. is is because for Sixth Floor, he's always the go-to guy. Yeah. And I thought, I would rather talk to someone else in Sixth Floor. Right. I love John, but I would like to get someone else's perspective. No, I get that. And so I asked someone else from Sixth Floor. Yeah. And they thought about it, but mm-hmm. it just it never came never to happened. fruition. Yeah, never came. In John's case, he lives really... F- far kind of from bowling green in morgantown which when you say morgantown from bowling green yeah that's a 20 minute drive yeah john is much much further out from just the city of morgantown he's he's on the muhlenberg county line so he's a good distance from here and i got back and forth with him on it and he seemed interested but of course it's a scheduling thing well one night six floor was playing at tidballs Mm -hmm. and i said hey you're playing at Tidballs tonight. How about you come to Bowling Green about an hour early and meet me at Mellow Matt's and yeah. I can get your episode done? And he was like, great. Yeah. And that's how it happened. Yeah. So it was moments like that where I got good at talking to people, but then I kind of had to carefully figure out ways to make it work. Yep. Because I didn't force them, and I didn't want to go to the everyone's house, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to like lure them in like go i didn't want to go fishing and and pull them in you know it's like either do it or you don't i'm kind of like look the show's at the club if you're interested in the band get in your car and come down we're not going to take the bus and come pick you up and And like you home like some people asked me if i'd do it over the phone i was like no i'm not going to do it over the phone. absolutely not this isn't right and i think a lot of people confuse this podcast with being on the radio and i'm like well i get that mentality yeah but it's not that. It's more like being on a talk show. It's different because on the radio it happens once. On this, they could, people can listen to it yeah. over and over This is and like over an interview over. being taped for a documentary. Being yeah. on the radio to me is like a commercial. Mm-hmm. You've got two minutes to go on the air and go, Hey, Tommy, how's it going? Oh, man, it's great. Band's doing this. we got a new album coming out. We're yeah. playing a show tonight. Yeah. We're going to be there. Okay, what time again? 8 o'clock, Friday. Yeah be there okay back to the show and it's like it's that fast yeah and on this thing it's like no 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 sit down have some coffee talk to me tell me your story where were you born when did you start playing guitar and i think it was hard for some people to wrap their head around that because like a lot of us old school people podcasting is new 
Well, I mean, there's podcasts are happening all over the place. They are now. Yeah. And Russell was smart enough to catch that mm -hmm. and get on the train yeah. when he did. But it was still fairly new yeah. three years ago when yeah. this one began, or at least the brainchild of it began. Yeah. So I think Russell was smart to get on that train pretty well, quick. as like I told him, uh, I thought about doing something like this mm -hmm. a couple years ago. But then I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe I would just do it for a minute and get kind of bored with it. Right. And, you know, but I kind of kicked that around. And so about six months later when I saw, because I never actually did anything, right. I just thought about it. But then you saw that he had done it. And I that. was like, man, that's cool that, that somebody's cool. doing this. Yeah. yeah. So I love it. I, I love the fact that it's going. I hope it keeps going. Me too. Uh, I don't know who will be next. but Well, one I, I thing you said to me to was when I was about to – when you were done, you mm -hmm. had finished taping, yeah, and I was coming up here and telling you, "Hey, here's who I've interviewed so far, and it's going great." Yeah, and you were like, "You know, I'm really looking forward to going back to being a fan and yeah. not having to juggle schedules and yeah. worry about yeah. whether again, or not people are going to." It come. was no problem. That's uh, true. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, you you did mention things yeah. of that nature. And well, yeah, I mean, it, it made was sense nice to, to me. just listen. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the interviews were great. And so I'm at that point now. Yeah, I've I I set out on a goal. I told him I would get it to 100 episodes. Mm -hmm. It was a, a good thing to do, I think, for the sake of the podcast. But I set a goal just like you did in a way, mm -hmm. and I I've achieved it. Mm -hmm. And here we are. We yeah. are at 100 episodes. That's right. And there will be a few more to air after this that I've already recorded. And uh, my episodes will wrap in either late April or early May of 2020. Yeah. So as we are recording this on this very day <laughs> that we sit here in the D93 broadcasting booth, mm -hmm. uh, I have no idea if anyone is set to take over. Russell has not sent me any messages of that sort. We have talked yeah. back and forth. He said that there's been interest, but nobody's pulled the trigger yet. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about it, but I just basically set out to achieve a goal, and I've lived up to holding my promise. Yeah. And I hope that I've made Russell proud, and I hope everyone that has enjoyed listening to this podcast, just as I did when you were the host, and a lot of people were getting into it when you became the host mm -hmm. russell was smart about that too he knew that you had a bigger name in the scene and your involvement in the scene drew in a bigger audience it started gaining momentum when you were hosting it because you were talking about Maybe. it on the radio but you were interviewing lots of artists that were extremely active and, yeah. and going at the time and well not just local 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 but yeah, local is all in. around that you know like the headhunters who actually yeah. have taken it to you know right five or six levels up so, so but that's i still consider them local because no they are yeah because they are local they are and they started out like everybody else playing the fair and you know everything else you know yep. all that beauty pageants yep. and all that kind of stuff well so. it's been great to capture all the stories i think between russell and and you and myself we've done a fantastic job of getting stories mm -hmm. and connecting the dots of the music history of this town yeah. and the the tree of what this music scene represents and all the branches that come off of it we're all on it and there's so many more that have a story to tell that haven't been told yet still bothers me that you don't have your own interviews 
<laughs> I can't help that, dude. I don't have the access of the gear like you. Yeah, I'm like, you're going to want those one of these days. Man, I, not why. If they're on the website, they're on the website. If the website crashes, that's Al Gore's fault. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay. I, I can't help it. My All phone right. only has so much capacity. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> but we, you and I and Russell Brooks have brought this podcast to 100 episodes and we have done mostly you well a good chunk maybe but you know you were very much involved i was involved yes but mostly you well you're involved (laughs) right now yes but mostly you (laughs) i did half more than half i did half i did more than half yes you're right if i took over at 30 what 8 39 not bad yeah so you're pushing 80 of your own very very proud yeah i'm just glad to be a part of it yeah and we'll see I, what happens next. I thank you for uh, putting up with me as your first guest. And I just appreciate everything that you did, and I really appreciate Russell starting it. And that was the whole point of this episode. Yes. We have reached the landmark of 100 episodes for this Sound Atlas. So yes. Yay us. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, too, for getting it to where you got it. Thank because you. it died. No, no, you. And you brought it back to no, life. No, no, you. <laughs> But we will be celebrating a 100th episode Sound Atlas party at Tidballs <laughs> on this very evening, March 16th of cool. 2020. And you will be there. As far as you know. Busting out of a cake <laughs> and feeding cake to Something everybody. Like that. But uh, thank you, Russell. Thank you, everybody that has listened and supported this podcast over the course of time that it's been on and up and running, which was basically early 2018. That's right. So, good job. A round of applause all around for everybody. Yay! Thank you, Tommy, for reminiscing with me. And, Thank you, and Dean. having a good time up here in the legendary D93 Studios right. on College Street. And we even let you sit in the chair where all the I'm rock stars started. I'm sitting in the out. chair. Yeah. Which I started here, too. That's right. There you go. <laughs> well, that's the end of this episode, which was just a recap. Okay. Bye. Bye.